Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Season 1, Episode 14 of the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B. Follow me on Twitter there. Follow the show on Twitter at GC underscore cast. Follow follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your podcast. Um, Let me see here. Oh, also, if you want to hear more of my lovely tones, every Wednesday night after NXT or Dynamite, Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast drops a new episode every week. That's where I review comic book movies in chronological order. I believe this week we have got... It's either Tank Girl or Batman Forever coming out. I believe it's the Batman Forever episode, actually. But anyway, all things considered... uh, I just remember we're like three weeks ahead, so that's way off. Either way, whatever. Listen to whatever episode's out. The the week this episode drops anyway (laughs) folks that's enough from me greg today we're reviewing the episode entitled a shot of el patron that's quite the clever title wouldn't you agree it's pretty clever and he plays a significant role on this episode i think you could say that Mm -hmm. oh absolutely yeah absolutely so speaking of the first thing we see is El Jefe and El Patron conversing in their office. I'm going to be completely transparent. I didn't take a lot of notes down from this. Nothing really stuck out to me. Uh, Did anything stick out to you in this back and forth between Jefe and Patron? There's only one thing that stuck out, and that's when Patron says to him, I like your key. What does it it unlock? And Dario looks at him and just, Asked him, uh, so what do you want? <laughs> Voids the question. <laughs> he may as well just said, you don't want to find out. That was because, it. Because, yeah, that will, uh, that is an important part of Lucha Underground lore, for sure. Oh, he did ask him, uh, what his ask was, he, he asked him a favor. Uh, yeah. But they didn't, they didn't say what it was. And he said, the next time the request I make will be for blood. So we didn't see what the request was. Or we didn't hear what the request was. So we don't know. Yes. So this request, this was from El Patron or this was from Dario? El Patron was like, 
have a request of you and uh Dario okay. was just like, why do I, I, I don't care. <laughs> it, 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 they said a lot of nothing besides that one thing I said. Well, now I don't feel so bad about not uh, taking notes down for that particular segment. Normally that doesn't happen, folks. I don't know what was going on. Um, anyway, first match of the night was Arhenis versus Phoenix. This match was very good. Um, as our, I mean, to say a Phoenix match was very good. That's like saying Michael Jordan was good at basketball. Of course. And you're probably underselling it. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, you're normally going to ha- spend your time better pointing out the bad matches. I've never seen one from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, There were some awkward spots in the beginning. I don't know if you picked up on it. I, I think it might have been the editing uh, because there were some strikes that just kind of looked kind of wonky, like one car- one person didn't wasn't in the right spot, but I, I really think it was just the, the camera work because um, they kept going. It didn't look like they were struggling or upset with each other. So I don't know. Did you pick up on any of that? Did it seem kind of weird? Uh, no, because I was mostly focused on the story, if I can completely confess. Um, it is worth pointing out, just another aside, Arhenis wrestled a match and he hit the brown eye kick again. Yeah, it's becoming a staple of his. I don't. I never remembered that. I, I guess maybe it goes away. Yeah. So eventually, Katrina comes down to the stair. Uh, comes down the steps by herself. This being a week after she kissed um, Phoenix right square on the lips, you know. And uh, she was watching. Oh my God, Vamp and um, Striker during this. Actually. Okay, Stryker, his commentary was kind of cringe, but like Vampiro was like kind of like uh dirty, dirty joke telling uncle kind of charm. Does that make sense to you? It would be like if you went on Instagram and you read the comments on thirst traps. Yes. And you read yeah. what the guys were saying. <laughs> like on a Carly Perez post, for example. Yes, like any of my comments under any of her pictures, yes. <laughs> that would be accurate. But there yeah. was a, um, there was some pretty, there was two cool moves in this in this match. Um, yeah. There, uh, our, uh, Phoenix does a leapfrog over Arhenis, and as he's passing over him, Arhenis hooks his arms back around his legs, and he turned it into a gory bomb. Yes, and it's Oof. like that. It looked like it, if that were like a, if wrestling were real, that would be more damaging i think than a regular gory bomb because of the momentum phoenix had and the height and it would take less effort from uh arhenis because he's all he's doing is hooking his arms around the back of his leg didn't have to lift him up he basically got you know a big power bomb off of uh doing nothing or a pancake i guess technically yeah and then later arhenis does a one-handed driver like a like a one-winged angel with one hand where he took he picked him up off the uh turnbuckle with just one hand and did a driver. The one thing I'm finding out is like our Hennis, you know, brown eye kick aside, he is like one of the unsung heroes of this season so far. Dude, I don't know how he didn't get pushed because this wasn't matched to, to highlight Phoenix, but I didn't take yeah. any notes on what Phoenix was doing. Even though Phoenix was doing awesome shit. Yeah. I was like, our Hennis was doing stuff where I'm like, either it was really technically cool. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that makes a lot of sense in the fight. That's amazing. Art was just a fucking one-wing driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, to be fair, I believe Arhenis later on in the show, not to give away any major spoilers, because I'm not putting a name out there, 
but I believe he does take up another mask later on in the series as another character. Oh, I didn't know that. I believe so. I could be mistaken, but I do believe so. Oh, by the way, uh, when the the action was hot and heavy, lots of back and forth, Katrina at one point did look a little bit uh, very interested, as it were. Matt Stryker points this out, and he says, you know, at the risk of sounding like a pervert, Katrina looks turned on by this action. That was the cringe. Mm. Then Vamp's follow-up, and normally Vamp one-up Stryker, and I'm just cringing even harder, but what Vamp said made me chuckle. He said, the risk of admitting I'm a pervert, I am turned on by this action. Well, I mean, it, it it's cringe, but it's also, like, not really the best well, way again, to tell the story of what's just happening. It's one of those, it, I agree. I agree. I see where you're coming from, from an analytical standpoint. Yeah. But it's just one of those, the vamp, the vampiro line, it's one of those, like, ah, you know, funny uncle telling a dirty joke and that sort of thing. That's why I got a chuckle out of me, you know? Yeah, and he's supposed to be the bad guy, play by or color commentator. Color. I yeah, I never remember which one's which, but you know, it's it's more cringe when Matt does it because Matt's supposed to be like the the goody two shoes, and it's yeah, I don't know, it's 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 kind of it's like the the guy from uh, remember the Instagram guy, uh, Tom Phillips was his name. Uh, oh yeah, Facebook Tom. Yeah, it's like reading his like you know kinks. It's like uh, it's, you know. You don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. But it just was a terrible way to kind of convey that she's interested in Phoenix and kind I, of made it I seem agree. like it was just about sex. And it's it's not, you know, it's I mean, I think... Not, no, it's a battle for for the soul. Yeah, it's... it's. I'm not going to say it's love because, uh, you know, she's evil. But <laughs> yeah. but I will say that it's... It's that's kind of like undercutting what what's happening right here. The story they're trying to tell is like, is she is she crushing on him? Like not just thirsting for him, but like, you know, yeah. At least I think that's what they want to say. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out. You know, the main difference between play by play and color. And I think you you may know some people don't, but uh, you know, play by play basically just gives you the action, and color commentary they give you more details. They add more color to the story. Basically, like if we were uh, the way our podcast, works, you're the play by play guy. And I think I'm the color, to be honest with you. But because you you noticed more, you've noticed more of the athletics than I have to be completely transparent here. Wouldn't that make me the color guy, though? No, no, oh. I believe that would make you the play by play guy because you're calling the play by play action. Whereas I have more honed in on the story myself. And okay. that's not to say that that's not to say you ignore story. You certainly don't. You do a good job here. Uh, you know, I just think that's kind of how we we mesh, you know? Yeah, we mix and match. Yeah. It's funny, man, doing this this 14 episodes in, man, I feel like we're getting a groove. We're not talking over each other as much as we used to, man. No, I think the only next step is um, better equipment. Yes, or at least me. That is, yeah, I come across I, pretty meek. I think I could use a better headset, but my mic is good. Yeah, it's we'll figure it out. It's, we, I'm not a, um, I, I'm the editor, and I'm not a media guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're not a media guy, but you're more inclined to edit than I am, for sure. Like I have no inclination on editing. Uh, oh, by the way, this is all staying in the show. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll keep it. I mean, we only cut out the stuff that's like really egregious and like controversial. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and yeah, Phoenix. Uh, oh, like when we like when we spoiled uh, someone's match at the last last show of season one. Yeah, stuff like that, or if like you know some of our friends uh, on the other shows actually know people in the business. Yeah. Uh, so we we because we we're not really trying to get like the big you know uh, what's the what's the word like the big scoops we don't really yeah. our show doesn't really need that so no and we're and a some of the show. yeah and some of the people like we're fans of so we're not gonna fuck up there especially if they work in wwe mm-hmm. like, we're not gonna spill the beans on them about because like, if they think something and it goes against what corporate feels over there yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna fuck people over because especially there's no, a few guys exactly. in, uh, yeah there's a few guys that a few of the guys know that i like a lot <laughs> And I will mm-hmm. never fuck their shit up. Even if it was like a bombshell. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna get like uh not we're not gonna be like superstars. No. No Brad Shepard work over here. Uh although we could just make up shit <laughs> if you want. I mean we could go yeah, yeah we real... could do some dirt sheet shit. Yeah. Full blown Brad Shepard just making shit up. Um <laughs> Phoenix won what exactly did he win off of, man? I can't remember. Was it a power bomb? Phoenix driver. Phoenix driver. Duh. Man, see the play by play guy. You pay attention to this stuff. I didn't and even see I it. was Ampiro just I said was it. <laughs> I was in a funk yesterday for some reason. I can't figure that out. But anyway, Katrina, after after Phoenix leaves the ring, Katrina gives Arhenis the lick of death. So that was hot. Uh, I was at half chub. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the very next thing we see is a vignette featuring Mil Muertes and Katrina. And Katrina is basically berating Mil Muertes. And when this was going on, I was like, does she like not realize like Mil Muertes could fuck her shit up so hard? Well, at this point in the story, I don't think it's um, later on you get more information on their dynamic. Yeah. Uh, but at one point he lifts her up by the throat and they do some clever yes. editing to make it look like that was throat. really clever. I agree. I agree. And they show his dominance. And while she, while he's doing that, and even after she put, he puts her down as she has eye contact with him, she's just smiling. But as soon as that he walks true, away, yeah. as soon as he walks away, her smile fades and she actually looks a little worried. So they're trying to tell more of the story of the unhappy, uh, or the broken house, I guess. Broken household. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's lo- Trouble she's in paradise. Man. Yeah, they're they're emphasizing that, and you know she she's laughing at his attempts to dominate and intimidate her, but they kind of imply that she's acknowledging, even if she won't show him, she knows that he's dangerous. Yeah, and I did like you know right before he picks her up because you know she's just berating him. She's like. You need to, and he like shuts her up by grabbing her by the throat and says, "I need nothing." <laughs> I like, like that oh too. Oh my god, Mil Muertes is such a badass dude. Well, he's supposed to be like a void, like a like a like a Michael Myers kind of like. There's nothing inside. Mm-hmm. So when he said, "I need nothing," I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all that being considered, this was not the end of Mil Muertes on this show because as Mil Muertes is leaving. Chavo Guerrero exits a nearby door and he tries to beeline out of there. Not happening. Not happening. Mortes says next week you pay your debts. 
Well, he turned and, a swing on uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a bad. He Charlotte probably should have just ran. He should have. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was great, though. Like, of course, the Guerrero tried to tried to sneak attack him and uh, didn't quite work out. And, you know, I, I love that, man. I don't know if we're going to see Momorthis versus Chavo next week or if it's going to be like some more backstage stuff, but I am very excited for sure. It sounds like of, a match. Yeah, it, I, I hope, I kind of hope it is and I hope it's short, but we'll see. I, it's going to come to a point when Chavo is not in the temple much this season, to my knowledge. There's going to become a lull, and I'm not going to be too upset about that. I will say that. No, he's not the highlight, and he shouldn't be the one they're pushing anyway. Um, but you're right. Oh, no, no, no. He's going to keep the story going. He's just not going to be inside the temple. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we had a vignette from Big Rick. He's going to confession. So I guess Rick Long Stevens is a Catholic, for what it's worth. Um, I guess he, so. He's telling this preacher. He's telling this priest he's going to destroy three Judases. We, we are seeing flashbacks of, you know, them like beating him up, you know, blinding him. And Rick says these hands won't shed innocent blood. And this was my favorite line of the of the promo. He says it's time for Big Rick to go Old Testament. I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. That's and uh, the priest says, I beg you, son, go in peace. And this is when we see the first shot of Big Rick's face. The first full-blown, like, non-obscured shot of his face post-cigar attack. He's got an eye patch on. And he says, even God said, vengeance is mine. Do you remember when I told you that these were the best vignettes of the uh, season so far? They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are the best of the season so far. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you agree. Glad you agree. So... Man, Big Rick's coming for the crew. And again, I am so, so excited to see that. Should be oh, good. Oh, by the way. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Absolutely. So next up, we had Son of Havoc and Ivalice in the ring. And the one thing I noticed immediately is they were much happier with each other than they were last week when they left. There was and one other thing. Was like, that okay. Did you notice that his voice did not sound the same? Is that his real voice? Oh, uh, I did not notice that. I will have to wasn't go, by, basic. go back and watch. It wasn't basic okay. at all. Like it didn't. It wasn't like um, it wasn't high pitched or anything. But yeah. there was. It wasn't like this. It yeah, was just, of course. I don't think they added the extra the uh, the added effects. And if that's his real voice, he doesn't. He didn't need it. Well, Matt Cross isn't like high pitched. He's just soft spoken. Okay. Yeah. It was. It's his voice sounded less bassy, so I, I didn't know if like they just forgot or if they didn't do it. Uh, but when he was talking, it wasn't. Um, it was. It didn't sound the same. Maybe I was just thinking well, it. I don't know. They are gonna use the bassy voice in backstage vignettes later on in the season, but if they don't use it in the ring anymore, I wouldn't be too upset. That's for sure. But like I said, the one thing I noticed before his opponent came out is. They were kind of loving on each other, you know, where there's like shoulder grabs or, you know, a kiss, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, you know, Son of Havoc says, you know, he's dedicating this victory to the love of his life and the baddest bitch in the building. Out comes his opponent. This is stiff competition. Johnny Mundo. So, OK, one thing real quick. Some uh, 
trivia. All three wrestlers at the uh, you know at ringside or in the ring. So Son of Havoc, Ivelisse, and Johnny Mundo. All three of these wrestlers are Tough Enough alum. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so Matt Cross and Ivelisse were on the same season. They were on the 2011 season that was hosted by Stone Cold. And Johnny Mundo won the third season, I believe. He won the season before... Yes, it had to have been the third, because it was after Shaniqua and Jackie Gata and before Matt Cap... No, Matt Capitelli won season three as well. Uh, but before Daniel Pugh won season four and nearly... Uh, broke Kurt Angle's arm. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I love that part too because Kurt was so pissed and he got. Yeah. Uh, was it the Royal Rumble where they all just chopped the shit out of him? Uh, it was Benoit, Bob Holly, and Guerrero just chopped the shit out of Pewter. <laughs> was Pewter a dick or was he? Was that just a misunderstanding? I never really understood that. I I think it was just a misunderstanding. Like I think they told like they told Pewter to shoot and he shot. And things happen. Yeah, I kind of felt bad for him because it felt like, you know, you tell someone to go in there and then a wrestler and Kurt Angle, I love Kurt Angle. He's probably my favorite wrestler. Mm -hmm. And I understand why he's angry about it because, you know, yeah. that guy in his yeah, showed and, up and by a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, he, he, and it's, he's right. The rookie shouldn't do that. But someone gave the rookie directions and the rookie filed directions. Yeah. So he was damned either way. But, uh, he shot and he won, and it's one of those things where a wrestler gets upset because the other guy that can fight wins. Yeah, and it kind of just reminded me of Jericho and Goldberg, where it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, in a real fight, you know, sorry. <laughs> Is Jericho even trained in any any discipline? Like, I mean, I think to my knowledge, all he did was like grab a face lock, if I'm not mistaken. It was a face lock or headlock, but uh, wrestling moves are based on real grappling and submissions and and the hearts really know um i don't okay. know what it's based upon but they they know submissions uh based on wrestling and and real submissions so like uh kind of like kind of like daniel bryan knows a lot of real grappling um stuff that would really hurt uh, i don't know if you remember that clip that james threw in there where he's doing that wrist lock to a uh looks like a key lock and then the homicide oh yeah <laughs> yeah like it's it's the, he knows real ways and he's also a hockey player so he can probably brawl <laughs> oh god so like he he knows how to do submissions he knows how to do them it's just uh usually doing it in a wrestling style where if he were to go against a brazilian jiu-jitsu guy would he win uh maybe not but you know against bill goldberg yeah he can probably you know he stood up to lesnar now lesnar yeah. probably could have beat him Lesnar's yeah, Lesnar. Oh my God. Yeah, Jericho has balls. Like Jericho is a yeah. badass. Like you shouldn't fuck with him um, because he probably knows how to fight from hockey, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, he, and he went to the the, the dungeon, so he knows yeah. submissions. I'd rather get knocked the fuck out and have my arm broken. Yes, absolutely. So, man, this match though, this match was amazing, dude. It was. It like was this, a. This was a showing out. This was a coming out party for Son of Havoc, man. They were they were chanting for him, and he did an insane springboard crossbody where he had so much height he almost went all the way across the ring. Okay, so I wrote this down as a 
sideways elevated elbow drop. It was when Son of Havoc showed off his epic core strength by perching himself sideways in the air using the turnbuckle. You could even call it a plank. Yep. Yeah, that's fair enough. And that's core strength. It was because he was on the outside of the ring holding himself up. Exactly. Completely horizontal. Yeah, completely horizontal for a a good couple seconds. And then he did drop a perfect elbow. Absolutely, man. It was awesome. Like, people are falling in love with Son of Havoc, and they are going to be rewarded for that for sure. Um, I did also see at uh, one point. Sorry, go ahead. I know we just said earlier how we were not talking over each other. (laughs) (laughs) But did you see how Johnny Mundo did that thing where he cut the, like, uh, Havoc was on the outside, and Mundo parkoured and cut across the ring and dove and basically did like a, like the end part of a sling blade on him. God. That was awesome. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I agree. One thing that was also really awesome is when Son of Havoc went up top for the uh, to the top rope and Mundo got up just in time or got up early enough that Son of Havoc could rebound, get off the ropes, and he did a cartwheel to get off the top rope. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I didn't like the finish. I, I don't know if you're still going over the match, but if uh, the finish I didn't like. Okay. So I did notice also there was a springboard double stomp into a standing moonsault from Son of Havoc that got a two count. <laughs> and oh my god, went up top, ate it. Son of Havoc eats an enziguri at the top rope. Oh my god, Son of Havoc has the match won. Mundo is done, but for some reason, Son of Havoc is still like. Like, Ivelisse is yelling at him, but he's not getting up on the top rope like she's saying, even though he knows he should for some reason. I didn't and this may be what you hate about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like one of those, like, I think it's to drive home the point that, like, yes, Son of Havoc is losing these matches on his own, but his girlfriend is certainly not helping. Well, she was telling him what to do. She was like, do it. She was like, do it. As do if it. he didn't know. Like, his instinct w- would tell him to go up top. So I don't think he needed to hear that, though, is the thing. But then he also wasn't doing it. He was like talking to her. That's I, I don't know. I, I didn't get it. Like, me, I think maybe I'm just not understanding it because, because even Vampiro is shouting, like, do it, do it, do it. And it just seemed yeah. like it went on forever. Uh, yeah, well, it did seem a little long. So, Son of Havoc goes up to the top after what felt like forever. Go for the shooting star press. And Mundo gets the knees up. Eventually, Mundo hits the end of the world and gets the win. After the loser's powder, Mundo is in the ring celebrating. King Cuerno comes down. And I love this because as King Cuerno was coming down the steps, it's like he was actually stalking him. Like, he was 
slow and deliberate slow and deliberate about it you know oh he knows some nasty shotgun drop kicks like sniped them mm-hmm. took his head off mm-hmm. yeah i was slightly disappointed you know i'm a mark for it uh king corno did not hit thrill of the hunt on the seal he was just off the seal this week so that's slightly disappointing but Still, you know, we've got this we've got this feud going strong so far, and I'm ready to see where it goes, man. Me too, because I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, well, they have a gimmick match in the future that I believe you will love. I will leave it at that. I'll tell you off the air what it was. Fair enough. All right. Next up, Ricky Mandel versus Pentagon Jr. So at the start of this match, Vampiro did a oh Oh, Ricky Martel. Oh, no, Ricky Mandel joke. Did you notice that? Yeah, that went on for a little bit. And I, I kind of chuckled because oh. I like stupid dad jokes like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I probably would have on initial watch if I was watching at the time this episode came out. But, you know, six years later, not so much. Yeah, it's it, it's it was not cringy like the other line that... Uh, Stryker said, so I, I guess I just gave it leeway. Yeah. So, really not a lot to report for, from this match. I mean, chops that hurt like hell, double stomps that hurt like hell. Ricky Mandel gets a hope spot in with a head scissors and a drop kick. What kills the hope spot is when he goes up top, because Pentagon was not, was not nearly damaged enough for Mandel to get plenty of time to go up top. From there, it was all Penta. He hit a sling blade and then another double stomp. He locks him in the Kimura, I believe, for the verbal submission. I always love a verbal submission. You know, I'm a real mark for that stuff. Yeah, in the last episode, we asked, or I asked, because I didn't remember him actually ever getting actual submissions off of it. Yeah. And this was number two. And it's two in a row, yeah. Yeah, he gets the arm trap of the leg, and he, I guess it's technically a Kimura. I don't really know what you would call it. Uh, maybe just an arm bar. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's some kind of arm bar, arm breaker. I mean, there's probably some technical term. I'm not really, I'm not trained in ground grappling, so I don't really know exactly what it would be. But yeah. an arm arm bar, I guess, seems fine. That's yeah. what it's doing. It's bending the same way. So the victory wasn't enough because again, not only does Pentagon work to win, he works to hurt people. Again, yeah, I said, love uh, that they're. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say there. <laughs> we're we're already over. We're already back to talking over each other, but we'll edit this part out. <laughs> That's fine. No, we can leave it in. Fuck them. Fair enough. That actually makes it easier for me. But uh, when he when he lifts him up after he goes through the pin and he lifts his head up, Vampiro says, "That's not dirty. That's evil." And mm-hmm. it made sense to me because when you do something dirty, it's to like get a steal a win or to hurry up and roll someone up or hit him with a low blow so he can steal the win. But when it's yeah. evil is when you you're trying nothing, to like hurt them. Yeah, you have nothing to gain by letting him up, letting him up from this pen. Besides being sadistic or sen- or even sending a message like "I am better than you," like it, he was there to do. He had bad intentions. Say that. Yeah, he he absolutely did because the victory wasn't enough. He has the arm breaker locked in, and then he breaks the arm from the elbow. Oh my god. Um, the crowd loved it too. Like the crowd is really falling in love with Penta because the crowd chants "Cerro Miedo," as it were. 
He's totally over. The fans love him. I don't know if they expected it to blow up as much as it did, but he is over. Yeah. Well, yeah. There comes a point when they realize just how over it is so much so that they have to do a certain something with his gimmick to... Yeah, I'll, I'll explain off the air. Mm. Um, you already know what I'm referring to, but oh well. Pentagon yeah. grabs the mic, says, another sacrifice for my master. So... Did you see the camera maestro work guy over is? I did not. They do an awesome overhead shot of him over this, him standing over, or on his knees over the seal, looking yeah. up at the camera. Because they have the overhead camera in Lucha Underground, which is amazing. Yes. And they take it a is, shot yes. of him, like, praising, the, the, you know, his master from that position right over the seal. It's badass. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. So... The main event of the evening, this is the first time we've run into this, where the main event segment is not a match. That's kind of interesting. So, out comes the debuting AAA heavyweight champion, Alberto El Patron. My God, was he over in the temple. He came out pumped, and he had energy. And aside from... uh... (laughs) Aside from... uh... Okay, what, what is crazy about how over the temple like because you can tell when there's canned heat and when there isn't and the crowd was legitimately very excited to see that guy when these people come out to the ring the live crowd isn't hearing any music so they're only reacting off of what emotions the wrestler is giving them and they were in love with alberto here yeah he was pumped he came out and at first i was kind of like all right whatever but he was so pumped, and it came through in what he was saying. That besides one thing, I think was technically not true. He didn't even speak any falsehoods. Like he said a lot of true stuff, and he got the crowd pumped. Even though like we got on them about being too much about WWE, and a lot yeah, of it was yeah. him like you know shitting on them for being you know. There was a little bit of a boys up north vibe to his promo for sure. Oh, straight up, and uh, it's. I mean, he's right. Um, in this, have we talked about what happened? I think you did last you episode. Know, well, you know why he was fired, right? Yeah, because he, uh, some guy that worked behind There's, the scenes okay, said something racist. So they're uh, real quick, real quick. They're at catering one day. Social media guy like has a dirty plate or something, and someone says, "Hey, clean that up, Cody." And it's not not Cody Rhodes, just someone behind the scenes named Cody. He says, hey, clean that up, Cody. Cody says, that's a, that's Del Rio's job, which, oh, my God. And that's a stupid thing to like, say for multiple It's 2014. Reasons. You can't say crap like that, dude. So Alberto wasn't here to hear this. When Alberto is told about it, he is he confronts Cody, he, you know, kind of gives him some breathing room. But he's like, hey, you know, what did you why'd you say that earlier? And Cody just smirks at him. So Alberto slaps the guy. Well, Cody goes to corporate because, by God, can't have people slapping people. And Cody basically threatens to sue if they don't fire Del Rio, which they do. But they grant him a unconditional unconditional release so they don't get tied up in litigation with Del Rio either. So basically, this was why Del Rio was able to come to Lucha Underground so quick. And why, like, in late 2014, he was doing shows for, like, Ring of Honor and all these other things. And AAA, you know. That's not much, though. So, 
So they they fired him, and then like I think a month later they fired the social media guy. So he didn't, you know, he didn't have much longer to stay there. Thank God, because none of this happens if he's not a racist piece of crap. No, and it's it's one. It's even if you if you know his Del Rio's history, like he's not, and if you know his future. <laughs> You know, it's not a good idea to try to like to antagonize him because he's got a temper. And Isn't he's, he's he a, a trained MMA fighter? Yeah, he doesn't have the best record, but he being if you get into the ring and you fight multiple times, you're you're a badass. But yeah. you, you can fight unless you're and, Sam Punk. But yes, yeah, unless you're Sam Punk, he's the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he he, and from the future, like when I asked about him beating up the Ninja Turtle, Del Rio will fight you. And yes, he's in the right there. And frankly, like he got, if all they did was just take away the no compete clause, he got kind of screwed over that. And I'd be angry too, because he should have probably a been a little open. bit, a yeah. little bit. But I mean, he came back like a year later. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, like he he slapped someone, but like, don't remember. Like I don't know if you watched the Dark Side of the Ring. Who was the wrestler that slapped the the uh, the journalist? <laughs> He got in uh, D. David Schultz. Yeah, like that's like a, and they don't wrestlers don't do that anymore. But oh. I don't know, like a wrestler slapping a dude. I don't know. Just call it kayfabe. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those though. Like WWE was kind of screwed either way because, like, well, if we don't fire Del Rio, this guy's gonna sue us. If we, it was a whole thing. There, it was a no-win situation for them, and it was all oh, no because doubt. some jerk off made a racist comment. Oh no doubt, like they, they, I, I, my only criticism. And by the way, like I'm not saying I'm not saying like Del Rio is like blameless in this situation. Like there are better ways to respond, I guess. But I mean, I can't blame him for being angry. Uh, sometimes I think violence is a good answer to an issue. <laughs> I frankly, yeah, uh, yeah it, but you. They, uh, my only criticism is that they probably should have, like, if if he was if he had the rest of his contract, they probably should have paid him for the whole contract. I they might have. I would have to look into details on it, man. But um, I don't think he went away a poor man. I will say that. No, no doubt. I'm I'm just uh, it him being let go, and and thankfully the other guy was let go like a month later. It's just. I don't know. I, I'm having trouble articulating, but it just seems like he he definitely kind of got screwed in that situation. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the best way to say it, so we'll just move on, I guess. Well, you're you're saying about as much as Alberto said in his promo. Basically, Alberto's out here. And by the way, Stryker did a great job on commentary here. He did a great job of selling the importance of Alberto El Patron and Lucha Underground. But that being said, Alberto didn't really say a much. Didn't say a lot here. He takes off his jacket and tie because it's all friends tonight, man. It's all friends tonight. You could tell he was excited, man. Or at least he did a good job of portraying excitement. He name drops basically his entire bloodline. Um, he says, you know, man, where, you know, elsewhere, like I had friends that embraced me, but when I turned around, they stabbed me in the back. And he said, I'm here in Lucha Underground. Because I wanted to work where equal meant something. A place where the color of your skin doesn't hold you back. So he's like a modern day Martin Luther King. It's like, oh my God, like he's doing like a whole equality thing. This is wild. 
even though this will never get referenced again as long as as long as Alberto's on the show. No, this was a oh, fuck the boys worth. up in New York kind of kind of promo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alberto says tonight the revolution begins, and before he can continue celebrating, he is jumped by Tejano. That's right, folks. We got another debuting luchador here, Tejano from AAA, someone who I had never heard of before Lucha Underground, but he was actually the man that Alberto beat to become the AAA heavyweight champion. Tejano uh, just beat the crap out of Alberto with a bull rope, and Tejano grabbed the belt and says, soon it'll be back home. It's a good-looking belt. It is, I agree. It looks better than the... Even before Cage ripped it in half, it looks better than the current Lucha Underground championship. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's... My God, that's the show. It's so weird to end it on a promo, though, man. Um, how are you feeling going into this Alberto and Tejano program? I, you know, I'm not excited. <laughs> and that's from oh, yeah. having watched it before and just... Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Tejano. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I'm not, the. I, I don't know a lot about Alberto because I wasn't watching WWE at the time. And he's yeah. good, but like... Doesn't really do anything for me. To me, like Alberto and WWE was a bit of like a three star savior. <laughs> Honestly, dude. Like, I'm not saying that to be a dick. Like, a lot of Alberto's work didn't really stand out to me. He's more of a like a gimmick and promo guy, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and being a three star savior is not an insult. That's, you know, a good match. That means you're at least serviceable, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of people. A lot of matches sometimes aren't, and yeah, you know, uh, I, I just, I'm not, no, I'm not too excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand, but you know, all things considered, uh, doing our good old one to ten scale, how would you rate this episode? Um, maybe a seven point five. Okay, I get you. Um, I'm gonna go seven. It was just something about the card, man. I mean, the, the the vignettes were great, but like the matches, they didn't really stand out. I mean, other than Son of Havoc and Mundo, and I mean the the Pinta squash was cool, but it was a squash, so it's hard to rate. So I'm gonna go seven this week. Yeah, seven. I I wouldn't even argue against that because I and like you said, I don't really know what it is because it's it's um it the sum of all its parts sounds amazing, but yeah, I, just compared to other shows, I can't really. I mean, I should probably give it a seven. Uh, and the seven, <laughs> like if you were to do a, a, a star scale, because we go to ten, so yeah. like a eight, eight, an eight would be a four star. Yeah, you know? seven point five. So is, seven is like a three and a half, or yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, like yeah. a three point seven five. It's just I can't give it a four. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. And I mean that's being that you know that being said, you know we're down on this episode as a whole, but we'll give it a seven. So that tells you how good this show is, man. Yeah, 7 out of 10 is great. Exactly, exactly. Like, I just reviewed, I just recorded a, for Eddie, or for the Hero Cast. we just recorded a review of Barbed Wire. I would oh, kill if that movie was 7 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> like, that, that movie, movie like is awful. Yeah. Uh, Actually, funny enough, yeah, I rated it a 3. 
Yeah, and I'm not someone that's, like, when Meltzer gives someone, like, six stars, like, I kind of understand that. It's something that broke the scale. But for me to give something, and I've, when I was reviewing my own show, I had, yeah. like, a, I did letters. I did F through through S. Like, a, yeah. a S, or F through A was normal. But I gave you yeah. an S if it, like, blew my mind and it just changed the way I look at wrestling. I, yeah. I can't really give any, we, a 10 is, is, like, a perfect wrestling match. <laughs> exactly. Our perfect show, and it, it, yeah. there's there's things that were like you know, like I didn't like the finish to the Matt uh, Cross and uh, to to the Son of Havoc and Mundo match. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought there was some jankiness in the early parts of the Phoenix match, yeah. and uh, I I don't really care about Patron. Um, yeah. Even though it was a good promo, it's just like it did end on a promo, so I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Like, you've got to do something huge if you're going to end the show with a promo. And this is no disrespect to Tejano, because I remember really liking him in season two. But mm-hmm. Tejano's not that huge thing you end the show with. No, and it's and it was a... And even though I, I liked the promo, it was still... There was a, a lot of, you know, F the boys up north in, in New yeah. York. And, it's, and, like, you and me both feel like, okay, that, you know, not everyone's going to drop a pipe bomb. And... You know, this is an ECW. I don't really care how you feel about WWE. I, like, I don't mm-hmm. watch it because I don't like it. I don't need you to tell yeah. me you didn't like it. You just got a lot exactly. of money. Exactly. There's <laughs> nothing. For me. It was like a pipe bomb. I don't care about. Yeah. And it's again, it's especially funny when because when it came from Mundo, it's like okay, he's gonna end up back in WWE. So clearly, this is like a jilted lover situation. Alberto ends up back in WWE less than a year later. Yeah, it's. I don't like those promos because it, it made sense in, in the in the Monday Night Wars shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense anymore because like no. it's not it doesn't have the same. It's not as like uh, shocking. It's not as jarring or controversial. It's like okay, yeah, you had a bad time in WWE. Add you to the list of a hundred wrestlers that that mm-hmm. feel that way. Like it, that, yep. it means nothing. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Like you have you have a friend like you like you have a bunch of friends that go out with like the same girl and she's terrible and she treats them like crap, or the <laughs> same guy that the guy that goes back to the same girl that treats them like crap. After a while, you're like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Comparing wrestling to uh, to bad relationships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Pete Greg. Um, let's get out of here, man. We've had a we've had a doozy of a day, if you will. And folks, we are going to get out of here. More than anything, I want you to remember that no matter who wins this quiz time four-way that we've got lined up in the future, be it me, Jeremy, Josh, or Rance, it doesn't matter. What will always be true, what is a universal truth, is that this is the true ace of podcasts. Goodbye. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But we have on this lineup a bivy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki, Floyd Johnson Jr., Again, that's All Things Elite. That covers AEW, and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator. And I believe 
once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken, right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryant. Two great guys, in my opinion. Another show, uh, New Japan-centric, Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith. A couple of great guys, in my opinion. Lo- loads of great people on this network, if you if you notice the theme. Also, of course, we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd every Sunday on the network. We've also got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Last but not least, I love those guys. They're my homies from Scotland. Ricky, you are one handsome devil, and you guys put on a great podcast. And always remember to listen to the Grave Consequences podcast, or there will be Grave Consequences. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.